Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. It's great to have you back, Andrew. Thank you. I know you've been doing a lot of travel. I've been doing some travel. I've, uh, I was uh, in New York, Brooklyn, for the WW2K19 reveal video game and their big SummerSlam event. And last we spoke, you were in the process of selling one of your Teslas with <laughs> the idea of buying another one. That's correct. Any update? Update is I have acquired the other one. So I have the Model 3 Performance Edition now, which is crazy. It goes crazy. Like it, you, you step on the accelerator. I'm not a car guy. So let me just get that out of the way. I'm not a car guy. So I don't know like all the terms like torque and all this and that. All I know is like when you get in there and you push the accelerator, it like throws you back in your seat like you're on like going down a, a roller coaster. It's crazy. Fantastic. It's wow. My wife okay. hates it. Right, we're going to have to – I still <laughs> want to do a show in the Tesla. We should. Okay, let's We should let's do a do show that. in the Tesla. Okay. And uh, the other one, still for sale. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got a great show coming up. We have a lot to talk about, including Xbox, Microsoft, coming out with a really interesting subscription program that includes not just games, but the actual console itself, almost like renting a cable modem or right. something like that. So we're going to be talking about that new Xbox All Access Pass Plus, Amazon's Alexa finally comes to Bose speakers. Finally. We've been waiting for this. I, you know, I've been having a Bose speaker in my living room waiting for Alexa to arrive. So, yes. Okay. Okay, fair. <laughs> and then the latest on the iPhone and the rumors there. Andrew's going to explain those to us. And leaks about the next Google Pixel phone. That's right. Okay, so a lot to get to. Let's jump in now with our first story. First story. Xbox All Access. Okay. So, for people who might have missed this story... It really is a fascinating subscription plan that makes your Xbox experience a little bit more like signing up for Comcast. Right. So it's essentially a two-year contract that you sign, and it costs uh, just about $21.99 a month. So $22 okay. a month for a new Xbox One S. Okay. Plus an Xbox Live Gold subscription and an Xbox Game Pass. And so for people who haven't followed that, that is where you get access to a rotating library of 100 games. Yeah. If you get an Xbox One X, mm -hmm. which is the higher-end version of right. the Xbox console, it costs $35 a month Ooh. over the two years. Okay. So this is no inconsiderable expense. It's quite a bit. Andrew, what was your reaction to this? When you saw it, was it a surprise? Does it differentiate the Xbox from Nintendo and Sony? Um, yeah, it does. It's my 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 first thought was, who is this for? I guess because you buy a console, they are fairly expensive. Xbox One S two hundred fifty dollars, Xbox One X five hundred dollars. Sometimes they come with games packed in. Uh, sometimes they don't. But usually you can find a bundle with a game or two packed into the box. And then that's it. That's what you get for your $500 or $250. You get the console and maybe a game or two. If you still want an Xbox Live Gold subscription, that's an extra... I don't even know if it's still $60 a year. It might have gone up, but at least $60 a year. And then the Game Pass um, allows you to get, like you said, that rotating subscription of 100 games. You instantly have a bunch of games now. That usually costs 10 bucks a month. So they're throwing all of this in to a monthly fee where you'd already be paying for the Xbox Live Gold and you'd already be paying for Game Pass. Now they're just adding on top of that the cost of the console. So you get the console and you don't have to pay the 250 or 500 up front. You're just paying for it over time. What makes me curious is who 
who is this for, though? Because these consoles, quite honestly, whether it's Xbox or PlayStation or Nintendo Switch, they sell in big numbers, like millions and millions of people buy these. So is there enough of a segment out there of people who really want these but can't afford the upfront cost? Is that who this is for? Possibly. I think it could be for people who have a PlayStation or have a Switch that want to get into an Xbox. It could be people for people who, like me, still have an Xbox 360, 360. sitting underneath the TV and have been wanting to get into an Xbox One. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you, though. I think that the market for this is probably not huge. That said, I think it's an interesting model mm-hmm. overall if you think about how people generally buy consumer electronics devices. Now, the thing that really caught me was the caveats in the FAQ okay, and some of the gotchas, what are frankly. These? When you, so again, before you continue, yeah. though, the 20, what was the first price? $22 a month. $22 or the, was it 37 35 Okay, so 22 or 35 that includes the console and the two subscriptions. Is that correct? Right. All the Xbox Game Pass and the Xbox Live okay. Gold. I need to work out the math, but I, I think you could potentially be saving money in some cases. I think you are saving cases. a little money. Yeah. But you are committing to a two-year contract. Mm -hmm. They make it very clear in the terms and conditions that it's subject to the traditional return rules for Microsoft. So if you get beyond that period, essentially you are committed for the two years to paying this $22 or $35 a month. So it's basically like a classic cable subscription. Yeah. Where, you know, you're committed. You're committed through that. If you want to get out of it, I'm sure there's some sort of fee you need to pay, early termination fee for for your gaming. For gaming. Like that's that's the other thing. It is unusual and I think it's interesting because of the price difference, but also also potentially concerning for some people because of the commitment that you're making. You also have to do some fancy stuff. Like you have to Sign up for a Dell preferred account what? because that is the way that they do the subscriptions. This what does Dell a, have to do with this? This was a weird twist. It's essentially a revolving line of credit that allows you to pay for the purchase at once or gives you the flexibility to make monthly payments. And so they're saying there's no prepayment penalty there. So if you wanted to just pay the whole price off for the mm-hmm. full two years, but to me, that, that is an, an unexpected twist yeah. that Dell would be involved. Weird. In any of this, that said, Microsoft, I think, has gotten enough of a positive reaction to the Game Pass. Yeah. I could see where they would want to extend this to hardware. So, I don't know. I, this is intriguing to me. I actually am going to test it out. And You're going to do it's this. Like. I, I'm going to test it out and, and figure out whether this is something that other people should be doing as All well. Right, so, for those who may be new to the show, Todd Bishop <laughs> loves driving 20-year-old cars. No, no. His TV is from 1986. He basically doesn't upgrade his technology. I'm the average person sitting over here next to the Uber geek who is about to get his second Tesla 3. That's pretty much the premise of this entire show. So my question question is, are you going the Xbox One S route or the Xbox One X route? S. S. Why? I think it's most important to test 
the lowest common denominator mm. of these two packages. Okay. Who needs high dynamic range really <laughs> on your 36 inch circa 2005 Toshiba okay. LCD display? So you're still, in the, you're not going to, you're not going <laughs> to upgrade your TV along with. Well, I, I probably will. I, you know, I'm debating, but still, I'm just saying, I, I want to get a sense for the, the base level experience here. Right. I don't want to pay for something that's over the top, amazing HDR and all that stuff. I'm, I, I want to get, get a sense for what I feel it, you. the average person out there. I feel I you. One question someone just yes. threw that I mentioned, or that they mentioned, which I think is a good thing for us to talk about, is they asked, do you get to keep the console at the end? And the answer is yes. Yes. After the two years, you own the console. Now, obviously, the Xbox Live Gold and the Game Pass are subscriptions, so you don't ever... That doesn't become like a lifetime thing, but the actual hardware after two years belongs to you, kind of like a cell phone plan. Yeah, so it basically is you're paying for it in in, in installments and getting a bit of a subsidy yeah. in the process. It's kind of like cell phones maybe is the better mm-hmm. analogy, as yeah. you were saying, versus cable. So that that's an, an interesting twist. Do you think this makes Microsoft more competitive with Sony? And Nintendo? I guess the answer to that is no if you're questioning whether there's an actual market here well, for this. Well, I'm questioning whether there's a market, not because I don't think there is, but because I don't know what it is. Like, I'm I'm almost baffled by who who is this. Yeah. Now, if you're a discerning buyer and you do figure out that, hey, you actually end up saving, let's say, 40 bucks if you do it this way, then why not just do the thing where you pay it off all at once? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just save the money up front rather than paying it off over time. Then I was wondering, is this like something that businesses would want to do? Like if you want to, like a children's hospital or something, you want to get, you know, 50 Xboxes in and you just want to, don't want to pay it all at once. I don't know. But that doesn't seem like the core market either. Yeah. So who, so do you think you know who the core market is? We'll see. Maybe after. Are you the core market? Potentially. Yes. Okay. Let me ask uh, you a question. Here's the question. (laughs) If you were not doing what you do for a living yeah and you saw this yeah i would consider it you would still consider this yes and you're someone who still owns an xbox 360 therefore this is what's what's convincing you to upgrade yes nothing else has convinced you until this yeah the game pass was another function that the the whole notion that I can get a subscription for games because that, that is one of the bummers of game consoles, especially in an era where we're used to paying nothing or 99 cents or five. Yeah. You pay $5 for a, a smartphone app and you feel like you're overpaying <laughs> to pay 60 bucks for a game. Eh, yeah. I don't know. And so the, the game pass subscription was the first thing that got my attention last year. Right. And then this, but it didn't convince you to upgrade back no, then. No. What's interesting about the game pass is this year, at this past E3, Microsoft announced that they're putting all of their first-party games on their day one. Yep. So if a new Halo comes out, day one, it's on the Game Pass. Gears of War. like These are big games that people usually like pre-order and are excited about, and you're throwing it into the monthly Game Pass. That is really intriguing. It is. Okay. All right. So that is story number one here on Geared Up for the Week, the new Xbox All Access Pass. I'll try it out. We'll talk about it on a future episode. Yeah. And uh, coming up next... We're going to tell you where Alexa has landed now. That's coming up around the corner on Geared Up. All right, welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Thanks for listening and watching, everybody. Next up is our national car rental story of the week. Yes. All right. Geared Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Go national. Go like a pro. That's right. I also do a show called Technically Speaking for National Car Rental. I'm actually going to be shooting that one 
sometime in the next month, the next series there. That's all about business travel and leisure travel as well and the best tech to bring with you when you're on the go. So if you want to know what gadgets you should be taking with you when you're traveling, Technically Speaking is a show to watch. Speaking of which, didn't you feature at one point that rolling writable yes. suitcase the writable luggage. luggage that's right what happened to those folks didn't they go out of business or something they, like that i don't know if they went out of business did they i think they might have you need to follow up on that because that was actually. fun i was actually riding around on that thing on the show floor at ces and that was like one of the best things people were looking at me like i was crazy it was like you would steer yourself with everything yeah like it's great it was like i was like bowser in mario kart just like <laughs> exactly. driving around exactly. Um, I hope they didn't go out of business, though, because there are other companies doing similar things, writable, and also luggage that automatically follows you around. So that's just some of the technology that that's you right. can see Andrew feature on his show for National Car Rental. Yep. Technically speaking, you can find that at the nationalcar.com control center or youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. That's right. The latest tech puts you in the driver's seat of your travel experience. National Car Rentals Emerald Club will keep you there. All right. This week's National Car Rental Story of the Week Bose, Bose, finally hooks up with Alexa. Finally, I like how you keep saying "finally" about this. Like, I well, you know, for many years I had a, a Bose sound dock in my house. Okay, uh, what, and for like we, an and, iPod. Yeah, exactly. We would put one of the original iPod touches in it. In fact, when they switched the iPhones to the Lightning port, yep. all that it's totally screwed me up when they switched the the whole port from. And you the still haven't upgraded, pin. even though it's been since the no, iPhone five. We, what what we did here's what's interesting, okay. Andrew, and why it relates to this week's story. Tell me, we didn't upgrade to a new Bose. We upgraded to an Amazon Echo Show. Okay, because we wanted to be able to connect to Amazon Prime Music, yep. free, a no extra cost feature of our Amazon mm-hmm. Prime account. So. To me, this is Bose doing this a little bit late, frankly, because if there had been an Alexa-enabled Bose speaker at the time, we had a good experience with Bose in our house, and I could see us just continuing on that upgrade path. So what they announced this past week was a new smart speaker and a pair of new sound bars. They're all going to have Alexa-enabled. They will have other digital assistants as options in the future. They'll be set to be released September 20th, and... They are, just to get get into the nitty-gritty, it's the Bose Home Speaker 500, which will sell for $400. So that really is a competitor to the HomePod in a lot of ways. Absolutely. If you think about high-end audio, high-priced, but with a built-in personal assistant, voice assistant. And then two sound bars, the Bose Sound Bar 500 and the 700. They will retail for, get this, $550.00. And eight hundred dollars wow. for a sound bar. Okay, now that is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I, I, you know, Bose, that. Bose is one of those companies where they charge a lot for their products. Now they have a name. They have a name. A name value in the market of audio. If you hear Bose, people think high quality. I don't know if that's actual truth, but when they hear that, they think this is a high quality system for a sound bar it's a smart sound bar so i'm thinking like comparing to sonos sonos has the play bar which is around 800 i think it's 799 um so it's it's even more expensive than that and the play bar you know i haven't heard bose's but the play bar sounds really good and has all the sonos magic baked mm-hmm. into it i'm wondering what the justification is for an 850 dollar 
soundbar? Like, eight, what is it doing? Yeah, $800 to be clear. Let's, okay. not, let's not take it too premium. Okay, here. 800, 850, 800. that's too much. Okay. That's true. true. Seven, $799? $799.95. Okay, oh, 95, good. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and we should also point out that they will actually be adding later on, in addition to other voice assistants, AirPlay 2 to okay. the speakers and soundbar. So what they're doing here is trying to match what Sonos pretty much just did. Sonos launched, um, they have a soundbar with Alexa built in and they have the Play One with Alexa built in. Um, and if you add any other non-Alexa enabled Sonoses to your system, as long as you have one with Alexa, then they all can be controlled by Alexa. And Sonos will be adding um, future digital assistants as well, like Google Assistant, and they've added AirPlay too. So it, it almost sounds like you're describing the Sonos system, yeah. but it's Bose trying to compete. Okay, so we were talking about that $800 version of the soundbar, the Bose yeah. soundbar 700, which okay. is, you know, I guess confusing. You've got the 700 yes. retail grade. So here's here's just to, to read this, and let me see if I can convince okay. you convince. using their marketing copy. The Bose Soundbar 700 was engineered to outperform every other product in its category. $800 yet? Okay. No. No. <laughs> Matching its stunning performance with equally stunning design. Four inches deep, 38 inches long, curved clean lines, wrap around metal grill, and a gorgeous tempered glass top. Packed with proprietary technology, phase guides have to be heard to be believed. Multiple <laughs> channels of a soundtrack or song through a space. Quiet port technology. It's basically paying to top. somebody who wants to, you know, appealing to somebody who wants to basically have something crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like they're trying to make it look like a piece of art, make it sound good, um, a little bit over the top, and that's what you're paying for. I wonder if there's really much of a difference between the two other than looks. We need to find out. Just, we need to get we these need, in. We need to get these in. Get these both yes. in for okay. testing. We got lots of to-dos <laughs> on our list after today's show. Man. So overall, though, I think it's interesting that Bose is, is the latest to yeah. add Alexa. And, and it's interesting, too, what you're seeing here playing out in the speaker market is very similar to what we've seen in apps for phones over the years where everybody says, oh, we're going to use every voice assistant. Yep. We just happen to be coming out with Alexa first. Right. And it's very much the same way it was on iPhone for many years where it was, we're going to make apps for every phone. And we're just going to come out with iPhone first, and right. then Android, and then Windows, Windows maybe. maybe. Right. <laughs> so right. it's very similar. There's clearly a preferred voice assistant among these different vendors. Oh yeah, and it's probably also the easiest one to integrate. I would assume. Why do you th just because I just I just make that assumption based on the fact that so many devices just have Alexa just built in, and they were certainly the first mover in terms of market share, and they defined the category, Amazon yeah. did. And they clearly do have a lot of traction with developers through Amazon Web Services and all that that they can bring to the table. So you're seeing Amazon kind of make the Echo and Alexa, the the iPhone and the iOS of smart speakers. Boy, yeah. put that in your blurb. There you go. There you go. You know what? One thing that occurs to me here, you know when you go to like a, a nice hotel and they have like the bedside yep. Bose a lot of times that's outdated too and you can't plug in. Yep. This would be a cool thing to see them start integrating into hotel. Like imagine you go to a hotel room, you just have AirPlay built in. Well, they're doing that. Like Alexa is starting to strike deals with hotels and the hotels are like the next frontier for competition for voice assistants and smart speakers. But you're right. 
a lot of times you go into those rooms and it, it's not, it's like the thing you would have had two years yes, ago. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, um, and, and there's other dedicated speakers that are specifically targeting the hotel market. So okay. it's a competitive, competitive market. All right. So are you going to be getting one of these Bose, one of these speakers Bose things uh, for your own use? Mm, sounds like not. you're a Sonos guy. I love Sonos. I have Sonos in almost every room of my house. And I also have, I mean, I have Google Homes and I have Alexas and I have the HomePods. I don't know that there's room for <laughs> for Bose to come in as well. All right. So that is our quick rundown of the new speakers and sound bars announced by Bose. Those are going to be coming out on September 20th. They'll have Alexa built in and they will retail for quite a bit of money for $400 for the mm. smart speaker 500 and for 550 and $800 for the new soundbar. You can check out more at GeekWire. Hey, before we end this segment, it's time to announce the winner of our latest Geared Up giveaway. That's right. Four one-day passes to PAX West. That's right. So basically a an all-weekend pass mm -hmm. to the upcoming PAX West conference. We chose the winner at random from people who subscribed to Geared Up. Right. We did an online submissions, and at random, we picked our winner. Who do we have? Chris Sasaki. Boom. That's right. Longtime listener, I know. He's uh, submitted for many contests in the past. In fact, I think he won once maybe like seven or eight years ago. Okay, congratulations. Yeah, so Chris, uh, your persistence has paid off again. Congratulations. I will be contacting you separately. Stay tuned for future Geared Up giveaways. We've got lots of stuff coming up. And uh, we're going to be rewarding our subscribers. Yes, we appreciate you guys for listening and subscribing. And this is our way of giving back and saying thank you. We're not done yet. We've got a couple more stories to talk right, about. The big and, ones. And we will be right back on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Hey, Andrew, when you were gone last week, mm -hmm. Matt Levy and I tried to figure out the iPhone news. We did a we we did a uh, substitute Geared Up ep okay. episode. Okay, uh, talking, we tried to figure it out. We tried to we were trying to figure it out based on the latest Bloomberg reporting yeah. about what they were going to be coming out with for the iPhone 10 and yep. that sort of thing. Now there's been an additional correct report. Catch us up on what the rumors and Strong innuendo. reports are about the new iPhone wave. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, whenever you're heading towards September, each year, iPhone news, iPhone rumors are starting to break because that's the big annual iPhone announcement, right? So first of all, we've got some dates. Apple is rumored to announce the new iPhone on Wednesday, September 12th, 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. And the phone should go on pre-order the Friday after that, so the 14th. Hmm. Phone pre-order on the 14th. Then we've got a week after the initial announcement, Wednesday. Would that be, let's see, what day is that? 12 plus 7. Yes. The 19th would be iOS 12, <laughs> the release of iOS 12. Right. So anyone that has an, a compatible device can download iOS 12. And then on the 21st, that Friday, the new phones will go on sale. So that's the timing. Um, and based on the past few years, that timing sounds spot on. Okay. So that's that. That's the timing. If you want to know when you can get your hands on the new iPhone, the, did I say 24th? <laughs> you can get it that day. Now, naming. What do you, what? 21st, by the way. 21st. Yes. 21st, you can get your hands 
on the new iPhones. The iPhone XS, is that what we're talking about? We're talking <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, I think <laughs> Johnny I would have shot in that one down. Okay, XS is likely what it's going to appear as, XS. <laughs> I mean, if it, the 10 is an X, <laughs> exactly. we're going XS. This is going off of, you know, Apple's very predictable, yeah. right? They do the same things. And so they release a phone then they release the S version. The only time they didn't do that, there's been no 7S because they went from 7 to 8. Other than that, there's always an S. So. There was also no 9S, for the record. Well, that's because there we was no hit. 9. That's right, no 9 yet. So are we going to hit? So that's the question. We The the new 10, the updated 10, will be the 10S. And then Apple is still deciding, apparently, whether to call the up the high, the big one uh, 10S Plus or just also 10S. And then you just say, I want the... The, I want the big version. Right. I it. want the big 10s or I want the small 10s. And we're talking about a, a remind us of the specs here because it was a, a, an ordinary size screen on the mm-hmm. next version of the right. iPhone 10. And then there's another version that's more like 6.5 inch display. Exactly. It's basically similar in size to the current iPhone 8 plus, but with no bezels aside from the very minimal side bezels and then the notch at the top for the face ID and the selfie camera. Then there's the middle middle phone, though, and that's where we still don't know. Like, are they all going to be the 10s? Because the middle phone has an LCD display, no OLED display. The middle phone only has 3 gigabytes of RAM instead of 4 gigabytes of RAM. It has a lower resolution in the display. So it's, obvi- it's very obviously the entry level. It has one camera instead of two on the back. Does that also get the 10s designation, or does, does that become the iPhone 9? So naming is still kind of up in the air. But the key thing I think that a lot of people will home in on here is the fact that all of these devices will no longer have the home button. Home button's gone. So you could buy an older version still. Like they would right. probably they'll probably still make the iPhone 8 available. Yeah, right. But if you are going to be getting a new wave iPhone, yep. you have to get used to this different paradigm of navigating the screen. Correct. The home button is pretty much dead. It'll be it'll be there for older devices, it's but in, for any it's, new device. It's not dead. It's just in the retirement home next to the mic port. There you go. The, 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 headphone, the, the headphone, jacks, headphone, headphone jack. That's dead. Um, so these are the new iPhones. Uh, pricing, interestingly enough, the 10, which this or the last time the 10 came out originally was $9.99 to start, that should be dropping by $100. And the plus size version will take over the $1,000 phone spot. Um, so the new 10, the new 10, 10 a hundred dollars less than the 10. So here's my thing. What about the old 10 gone? Oh. You know, so Apple usually will take the old phone and then drop it by a hundred dollars. I don't expect, I expect that the, the no, 10 that's is just a bummer. gone. It would be so awesome if the 10, the original 10, which mm-hmm. debuted for a thousand bucks was now $800 or $700. Why don't they do that? I think it's, I really think it's about. They want the budget phone to be whatever that nine phone is going to be. The new budget phone, yes. not just buying an old correct, version. Okay. Correct, correct. Um, but it's too bad because one of the big benefits of iOS 12, as we've experienced, is on these older phones, much better battery life. Right, right. So why not s- play that up? And we should be clear, we're talking about rumors and innuendo correct. here. So we correct. don't know exactly what they're going to do. Right. And in the past, they have actually just drop the price and kept the older versions out there in some cases. In some cases. But so here's the thing. Remember the iPhone 5C? Yes. 
that was an iPhone 5, but in a cheaper body because they couldn't make the iPhone 5 cheap enough. They couldn't make the iPhone 5 as it stood and sell it for less and make the profit they wanted to make. And I think that's the same with the iPhone 10. Very expensive phone to manufacture. So they're not going to make a, a, the new 10s cheaper because that's already going to be 100 less, right. which is what they usually do. And then make the current one even cheaper than that. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. The other thing is very skinny bezels, right? Very skinny on bezels on all of them. And that's actually going to be the theme throughout everything else they announced because they also have the Apple Watch Series 4, which is going to be announced at the same event. Um, similar form factor, but the display supposedly is going to be go all the way to the edge. So kind of matching the look and feel of the iPhone. And then the new iPad Pros will also get that same iPhone 10 look and feel where the I- iPad will now not have those bezels anymore, just that thin bezel around the side with no home button either, by the way. Hmm. So the home button, gone. Yeah. Do you think that'll cause some people to look for other options? The home button? Yeah. I don't I, think so. I hand my iPhone 10 to somebody and, and they're befuddled if they're not accustomed to it. I will right, say that. But how long does it take you to figure and it out? About right? a half like, day, if, if that. Yeah. This is the first time in the history of iPhone that the cheapest iPhone wasn't the most highest selling iPhone. Yeah. Apple has said each and every week since launch, the iPhone 10 has been the best selling single device. So that tells us that the the version with no home button is the one most people are buying. Yeah. All right. So what are you buying? Nothing. You're not I've buying my any iPhone new phone. 10. No, no, absolutely not. You're not upgrading. I'm not. No. Why should I? My iPhone 10 works great. It because works the new even, one's coming out. But it works even better with the new iOS 12. <laughs> why would I? Why? Why would I spend even more money? Is there something that they can announce in the keynote where they say iPhone 10s has? Yes. Is this much yes. faster or this much newer feature? Yes. The new Jetpack functionality. If I could strap <laughs> this thing to my back and get from here to Portland in half an hour, that's it. That's With, what makes yes, you buy the that, phone. That, that would make me buy a new iPhone. Fair enough. Not happening. <laughs> um, food stamp asks, are you still able to use 3D touch on the iPhone XS? So one of the rumors is the you know, 3D touch. Do you use 3D touch all that often? Where you, yeah, you push yeah, it into you push, the display? Yeah, mostly it's like trying to figure out exactly what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> like you know, like oh my by gosh! Accidents? Yeah, or? yeah. Like oh my gosh, I shouldn't have pressed on that. Oh no! I, I oh, <laughs> am I going through to the web page or just copy tech copy pasting? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay, I yeah. like 3D Touch personally. I use it a lot. Okay. Um, but the one of the rumors is that the entry level 10s line nine ten whatever it's called will do away with 3D Touch. Okay. So the the budget mo- model will not support 3D Touch features. However, that the, would screw up some apps, wouldn't it? I I would assume okay. so because it's also weird because that if that phone doesn't support it, which it sounds like it won't, you still have older phones going back years that do support 3D touch. Okay. So there's going to be multiple phones that do, and then the other two new phones will also support it. Got so the it. 10s, 10s Plus should support 3D touch, but they're saying next year iOS 13, none of the new phones will have it. Like it's such a uh, a niche feature, really, that most people don't even use it. Really, that's that's the rumor. We don't know. But that's Interesting. The rumor. Okay. I All like right. it. I don't want to lose out on that. Hey, before we wrap up here, Andrew, let's move on to the last story, which is another phone story. What the, is it? The Google Pixel 3 XL. Oh, yeah. So it looks like this basically entirely leaked. Is it, Remember the iPhone 4 leak back in the day, left in the bar? You know what? Oh, yes, yes, left in the bar. Right. That's right. Is that what it's happened moto. here? No, it's, that's not what happened here. But apparently <laughs> someone – so that was just one phone that was left in a bar. Apparently – like a pallet of Pixel 3s <laughs> fell into the wrong hands. So 
people have been unboxing them. They've been like doing camera tests on them before the phone has even been announced or even acknowledged by Google. Okay, take us a big step back here. Yeah. The Pixel lineup. This yeah. is the native Android phone Correct. from Google. It's basically Google's flag, flagship Android phone. Yes. I have somebody here in the office, one of my colleagues, who's getting ready to jump from the iPhone to mm-hmm. the Pixel, I think in part because of what she's seeing in these announcements. Okay. What's the deal with the Pixel? Like, what, what should people know? Well, the, the new Pixel in particular. Pixel 3 XL is the one that has the most controversy surrounding it. And the reason is because it's got a very deep notch. I don't know if you can see this right here. Look at that. Yes. Okay, so, so the notch, the, the carve-out at the top of the device, yes. which if you're looking at an iPhone, it is for things like Face ID mm-hmm. and selfie other camera. selfie camera. And it this looks maybe like it's 50% deeper than yeah, the, the, it's not as wide but it's, but it's deeper now the thing is though if you look at this phone not only does it have the notch but it has a chin at the bottom oh yeah now usually when you have a notch it's because you've eliminated the chin therefore you have okay. a notch but to so, have a chin and a notch can i translate this please do. so it's got a space at the <laughs> for top. the listeners it's got a space at the top that's a notch that has sort of the ears on the, the screen creates the ears on the other yes. side of it and at the bottom what you're saying is usually that bezel the border is Would be minimal it's yeah. minimal at right. the bottom but there's actually a sizable border at the bottom of yes. this google pixel 3 xl correct now the reason for that is likely because it has dual speakers on the front oh. dual front facing speakers which is a premium feature so that would come from the chin yeah so one speaker down there and one speaker at the top i see so you're getting dual front facing speakers coming at you um but how many people really listen to audio through the air straight out of their phone question but a lot of people like if you do there's very few phones that offer that like where two speakers come at you even the iphone 10 with its great speakers one of them comes at you and one of them shoots like to the side Mm -hmm. just because that's how they place the speakers so a lot of people are complaining about this bezel but in the test shots, the test photos, the camera is amazing. I believe this is a dual camera system for the front of the phone. Wow. A dual cam- So you have the dual camera on the back. Right. Now you're getting dual camera on the front. Now the Pixel is still going to have one camera on the back. Google somehow is able to make what many perceive to be the best smartphone camera with only one camera on the back. Right. And it will beat all the other dual camera phones. We'll see what Apple has to announce next month. But the Pixel should be announced in October. Um, Pixel 3 XL, along with the regular Pixel, which won't have that crazy notch on it. I personally don't mind notches, but how do you, do you does, does it, like, would this bother you? Like, this doesn't bother me. I don't care. No. I'd I, rather have the functionality that is the reason behind the notch. I'd rather have those two front-facing high-quality cameras and have a notch than not have them. I, I will say the thing that bothers me more than the notch is the chin. I can't believe we're, talking, we're having this conversation. But yes, the, the chin, <laughs> I, I feel like to me, one of the advantages of going from what I had at the time, an iPhone 7 Plus, to the iPhone 10 was the fact that I was able to essentially maximize and make the most efficiency out of the device in my hand. And right. so it, it was a reasonably sized device that could fit in the pocket and yet had a screen size that was giant. And that's what I like. So anything that takes away from that, I see as a bit of a detriment. Mm-hmm. Now, would that would that alone stop me from buying this if I was interested in switching to a Pixel? Probably not. Right. But it certainly is something that feels inefficient and a trade-off that you're getting for getting all that high-end sound. Okay, fair enough. What about 
wireless charging. Do you use that oh, on your iPhone? No, but I'd like to. Oh, you don't? You should. Um, this is the first time the Pixel will have a glass back, therefore allowing it to wirelessly, wirelessly charge. Wait, okay, well. so wait a second. I can do that natively on my iPhone 10 right now? You sure can. But you need to have a, a charging dock, right? Wireless, wireless charging dock. Yeah, any it, any chi, chi, yeah, any chi, chi okay. charger. QI, so, right? For people QI. Who, if, QI. You, if you want to wirelessly charge, okay. Chi charger, QI. Okay. And by the way, last thing. Next month at Apple's event, they should finally be announcing the AirPower. Remember that? Yes. The AirPower mat that should charge your AirPods, your phone. And your watch. And your watch all at once, no matter where you put it. That should be announced finally. Was that announced and then never released? Last year, yes. It was Last announced August. and never released. Yes. And now it's going to be announced again. Well, they when they announced it, they said 2018. Oh, okay. So, all right. So that's the show. clearly we've got a lot that we're going to be talking about and following up on in the weeks ahead. A big thanks to everybody for listening. Um, yes. If you're not already, you should subscribe to Andrew's YouTube channel to see our live behind-the-scenes videos. You can do that at youtube.com slash gear live. You can subscribe to Geared Up on your favorite podcast app. Just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one, in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you like what you hear or see, be sure to consider leaving us a review. It really helps other people discover the show. And we should say a big thanks to Claire McGrain behind the scenes for, pro- Claire. for producing the show. All right. Hey, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. We'll talk to you next time on Geared Up, on GeekWire, on Kyra Radio, 97.3 FM.